historians consider the Civil War in relation to the rise of late 19th century imperialism, but the war itself remained secondary to the structural economic forces these scholars identified as shaping U.S. foreign relations across time. The more recent global turn in the study of the Civil War has likewise touched on this issue, but the primary objective has been to identify connections and similarities between the U.S. crisis and other cases of contested national consolidation in the mid-19th century world. Situating the Civil War in the narrative of the rising world power of the United States requires the fusion of traditional national history to this volume's agenda of examining the entangled histories of the United States, Latin America, and Europe. The consolidation of the United States in the 1860s constituted the culmination of a protracted post-colonial period of insecurity. The Civil War was therefore instrumental to the realization and configuration of U.S. national power, defined here as the social, political, and economic relationships that made possible the destruction of Southern separatism and the projection of national interests in the West and beyond. Rather than calibrating national power in material terms, that is, the number of ironclad ships, bars of gold and bank vaults, etc., it is better understood in respect to the fluid relations between the various stakeholders that negotiated its nature and purpose. Focusing in this manner on the formation of U.S. power brings to light a perhaps unexpected twist. Though the Civil War unlocked the immense power of the United States— the actors, institutions, and political processes that harnessed it were not always capable of moving in concert thereafter to project this newfound national power. Whether or not U.S. power was projected outside of the nation's borders depended not only on dynamics internal to the United States, but, crucially, on the involvement of foreign collaborators as well. It has become an axiom of recent historiography that the early U.S. Republic constituted an empire one that rapidly acquired new territories and subjugated native peoples. The most recent overview of early U.S. foreign relations opens with a list of reasons as to why the Union should be considered an empire. There can be little question as to the verdict of historians. The expansionism of the early republic, the annexation of the Floridas, Indian removal, the war against Mexico, the actions of filibusters in Central America and the Caribbean, should be understood as imperialist. The formation of the early U.S. empire, as with other empires across time, was not solely coercive. U.S. power also manifested itself as an ideological force that found appeal in foreign lands. It was because of the traction of the ideas of republican government and economic liberalism that the conservative elites of Europe viewed the distant United States as a dangerous nation with the potential to disrupt the established political and economic order of the old world. Though it is appropriate to view the early U.S. Republic as an emerging empire, one drawback of this emerging consensus view is that it can lead to anachronistically projecting U.S. power back in time. The Union was a regional power, of that there is no question, but its greatest strength, the newness of its institutions and ideas, was also its greatest weakness. The young United States remained vulnerable to imploding from within, as would happen in 1860-1861, but the North-South slavery divide was only one of many internal divisions that endangered the early republic. The thirteen original states might have formed several regional confederacies. So, too, could have new states in the West, 
such as Texas and California, maintain their distance from the United States with the support of an old world power, as would Canada, and the Union might have fallen victim to ideological and political divisions, such as those unleashed by the French Revolution, that did not exactly overlap with geographic regions. Looming over all of these potential sources of fragmentation was the shadow of European, particularly British, power. If uncovering the imperial dimensions of the early republic is one trend in the recent historiography, another has been to examine an antithetical, though inextricably related phenomenon, the so-called post-coloniality of the United States. Here the comparisons lay not with the great empires of world history, but with the similarly vulnerable states that emerged in Spanish America at roughly the same time. European, particularly British, power remained in unavoidable reality in the post-colonial Western Hemisphere, and the early United States was no exception. Nearly half the U.S.